Thank you for joining us. I'm Troy Julian Gibson, VP of Marketing for Indiana Minority Health Coalition, and this is Minority Health Matters. My lovely co-host, Erica Pedroza, is also joining us. Hi, good people. This is Erica, and I'm the marketing manager here at the Indiana Minority Health Coalition. I'm happy to be here. Stay tuned for the exciting partnership we have with CareSource and the information they're providing to the community. This podcast is brought to you by CareSource, a nonprofit health plan and national leader in managed care. CareSource's mission is to make a lasting difference in their members' lives by improving their health and well-being. Hello, and welcome to Minority Health Matters with CareSource. Today, we're going to be talking about Black maternal health. Not only is it Black Maternal Health Week, April 11th through the 17th, April is also National Minority Health Month. I'm Lauren Lancaster, and joining me today is Dr. Cami Wright, Vice President and Market Chief Medical Officer of CareSource in Indiana, and an OBGYN by training. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy the opportunity to come and speak on these topics. Yes, so we have a lot to discuss today, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Sounds could good. You talk, could you talk a little bit about your role at CareSource as the Chief Medical Officer of CareSource? Absolutely. So as my uh, role as Chief Medical Officer, I am responsible ultimately for the quality of care that our members receive. So that means understanding where the gaps are and what aspects of healthcare are not fully addressed by our members and really working with teams to address those gaps. So there may be opportunities to create programming or incentives to encourage members to engage in a different way with mm -hmm. their own healthcare. It may involve getting in front of providers and changing their behavior or raising their awareness of certain issues. And frequently it involves um, recognizing and engaging those community-based organizations that are doing good work and formulating collaborations with those organizations to meet the needs of our members. Sounds like a great and important job to do. Um, well, I so think you, it is pretty important. So thank you for yes. that. <laughs> um, you served clinically for 15 years as an OBGYN. What sparked your interest in wanting to become an OBGYN? Yes. So women and children have always been my passion. When I was receiving my medical education, I gravitated to um, issues of women's health. Um, as a woman, I recognized mm -hmm. that uh, certainly that is a very important field. But also, if you look at research um, and just overall effort of the healthcare community, women have oftentimes been overlooked. Yes. So I think that uh, the bulk of research in the past has been done with men. The bulk of mm -hmm. investments have uh, been based on findings um, in the male population. And it's really uh, our time to focus on women's health, um, women's concerns, um, and women's needs. Because we know that oftentimes women are the head of the household and mm -hmm. they make medical decisions for the family. So if we 
can improve the health care of women, that certainly trickles down to better health care for every member of the family and, and thus the community. Yes. So in 2021, the White House officially announced April 11th to the 17th as Black Maternal Health Week, stating that President Biden and Vice President Harris are committed to addressing these unacceptable disparities and to building a healthcare system that delivers equity and dignity to Black, Indigenous, and other women and girls of color. So when discussing maternal mortality within the state of Indiana, and the disparities, Indiana has the third highest maternal mortality rate in the country. We know that black women are likely to die at three times the rate of white men, white women here in the state. And according to the Indiana Maternal Mortality Committee, 60 women died in 2019, either during pregnancy or up to a year after giving birth. And the report determined that 80% of those deaths were preventable. Can you talk a little bit about CareSource's commitment to improving maternal outcomes across the state? And can you highlight some of those initiatives? Absolutely. So I think that the statistics that you just highlighted are certainly devastating. And -hmm. they show that we have a lot of work to do, both at the state level and at the national level. It is very true that infant mortality um, and maternal mortality are several times that for black women as they are for white women and Mm -hmm. is a bit higher for um, women of um, Latin descent as well. And so obviously this is incredibly concerning both from a health equity standpoint as well as from a public health standpoint. Um, The governor has made this a priority and seeks not only to reduce the infant mortality rate for the state as a whole, but also seeks to mitigate some of those disparities that you've just highlighted. And CareSource is very much dedicated to joining the state's efforts in that regard. We've put together several uh, initiatives to help. The first thing I'd highlight is uh, we have a unique program that identifies our members who are either Black or um, Latina. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a a certain uh, engagement of those uh, individuals where we send community health workers um, who are in their community and familiar with their uh, environment to the homes of the women to understand what their needs are and help them meet those needs. So Mm -hmm. we provide culturally relevant resources for those women. We also link them to care management. Um, We also help to facilitate engagement of a doula, should they Mm -hmm. be interested in that. Um, So we do many different things that helps to address the root drivers for maternal and infant mortality. We know that some of those drivers include um, systemic racism and bias. Mm -hmm. So we help to educate the women on how to advocate for themselves, how to talk to their healthcare provider, how to understand their medical history, because obviously they're gonna be the best person to advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. We also know that there are some genetic factors 
that make Black women and um, Latino women at greater risk for certain things like hypertensive issues or uh, diabetes. So we educate on, again, the importance of prenatal care so that those issues can be identified and treated. Um, we talk about nutrition um, and uh -huh. how to enjoy the foods that you like, but do them in a, in a healthy fashion. So mm -hmm. we really try to understand and kind of what the root causes of these disparities are. And we've designed our engagement program to, um, to address those. In addition, we understand that um, many women need additional support during pregnancy. And, and mm -hmm. one avenue for support is doulas. Um, so we know that doulas are an important part of the healthcare team. They provide support and education for women. And we have provided funding through the Little Timmy Project for mm -hmm. uh, 10 um, BIPOC doulas. So those are Black or Indigenous people of color um, doulas throughout the state that will be available for our members um, should they feel the need um, to have that extra support that a doula can provide. We also have supported multiple organizations who have worked um, in the maternal health field to help mitigate disparities. Um, those organizations include the March of Dimes, the Milk Bank, um, many organizations of that nature who mm -hmm. are already doing good work. So rather than duplicate efforts, we support those organizations that are already doing great work. Another such organization is Fathers and Families, which helps to highlight the important role that fathers have in maternal and infant health. Mm -hmm. They have had a couple of uh, baby showers that provide okay. education um, and support to fathers so that they can um, assume that role, that all important role in supporting um, mothers and children. And so we've participated in those fairs and um, supported those. We also have incentives um, around prenatal care, um, well infant care, um, lead testing and immunizations, which we know are all very important factors in terms of both health during pregnancy as well as well child um, care. Yeah. So in addition to providing education to moms, we also provide financial incentives to really encourage women um, of all populations, but particularly um, our members of color to get um, important care for themselves and for their infants. And lastly, we understand that something that's oftentimes overlooked is oral health. And this is particularly of interest in communities of color. We know that um, dental disease actually can increase the chances of preterm labor and can also lead to um, chronic diseases for um, children. So what we're doing is putting together initiatives to coordinate care between dentists and OB providers so that we know that our uh, moms, particularly those of color, are getting that important dental care to, again, help to improve outcomes. All those initiatives sound great. I'm particularly interested in the community health worker one where you guys identify um, members who are Black or Latina 
So in that instance, um, after, the, after those individuals are identified, the community health worker will then reach out to those members and ask them you know, what their needs are. That's exactly right. So okay. the community health worker reaches out to the women. And if they're interested in engaging, um, the community health workers will actually go um, and meet those women face to face and build relationships with them and really help to dig into what their unique needs are um, and help to devise strategies to meet those needs. So those needs may be health related, um, in which case we leverage our um, care management team we have a specific team that's dedicated to maternal and child health. So we engage those nurses to help. And it may be social needs. So we mm -hmm. have a whole program that we've spoken about on this show in the past called Life Services, which helps to meet all of our non-medical needs um, that our members may have. So that may include transportation, child care, housing, employment, etc. So we have many levels that we can pull both within our organization and outside of our organization to help meet those needs of the moms 360 degrees and really stack the deck in their favor for them to have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy infant. Oh, that sounds good. I know here at IMHC, we are committed to reducing and eliminating those disparities seen. Um, so some of the things and initiatives that we've done, um, we've partnered with other organizations to hold virtual baby showers in which we invite mothers or moms-to-be from around the state to learn about different educational topics as well as provide them with gifts and they can uh, play different games to win gifts. We have also partnered with an organization um, called Count the Kicks in Iowa, um, which is a stillborn prevention app um, where mothers can time how long it takes a baby to reach 10 fetal movements um, as a way to help prevent stillbirths. Um, as well as we have our community doula services program, which is in the northern part of the state, um, and that covers St. Joe counties as well as Elkhart, Cass, and Laporte. Um, and moms in the doula services program range from 15 to 35, and they are usually mothers who are either on Medicaid or would be eligible for Medicaid, but we are open to accepting any mothers who might need that help. And lastly, um, we have partnered with the IEPY Echo Center to host ECHOES, which is a community-based learning module for providers around the state um, where we'll cover different topics as well as we are going to have a um, mother portion of that. So where moms can come around the state, talk about their pregnancies um, and get support and feedback. So we are on the same page as when it comes to um, creating initiatives to help reduce maternal and infant mortality across the state of Indiana. Those sound like wonderful initiatives and many of those we've been involved in or done similar mm -hmm. work. And so it's encouraging to know that there are multiple um, individuals in the community like IMHC um, that's really pushing for the health of moms and babies. Yes. So, great to hear. Thank you. And you touched on this um, a little bit ago, but in terms of advocating for yourselves, um, we know that sometimes patients, whether they're pregnant or not, they can be a little intimidated when um, talking to a provider, but provider's not meeting their needs. Um, so from a provider standpoint, what is the best way for patients to advocate for themselves? 
Mm -hmm. So I think that the first thing I would recommend for patients to do is to know their own history. So again, you will be the best judge of what's worked for you in the past, what you've dealt with in the past, and Mm -hmm. what might be of concern today. So knowing your medical history, knowing your family history, I think really helps providers be in the best position to care for you. I think that, again, you know your body best. So Mm -hmm. if there is something that is alarming to you, don't be afraid to raise that concern to your provider and to keep raising that concern. Um, I recently spoke to a woman who um, didn't feel quite right, had gained a substantial amount of weight in her pregnancy in a very small amount of time and really felt as though... Um, something was wrong. She went to her provider. Her provider provided some reassurance that everything was fine. Um, She did not feel that it was fine, but Mm -hmm. felt reluctant to go back to that provider. And then she ultimately got very, very sick and delivered early. Um, And so what I would say in that situation is if you think something's not right, don't feel, um, reluctant to keep bringing this up. Um, If you're not getting what you need from your provider, go to triage, which is at Mm -hmm. the hospital. Really do your own part to say, no, I know enough that this does not seem okay to me. Mm -hmm. And so persistence, um, I think, is really important. I would also say educate yourself. So understand what the normal stages are in pregnancy, um, understand how to be um, a really uh, good caregiver to your new infant, understand um, the importance of breastfeeding, um, understand safe sleep, really do your own education um, because the more you know, again, the better you can advocate for yourself and for your child. Those all sound like great tips, tips that I could definitely use um, now and also in the future. Yes. So oftentimes fathers are left out when it comes to the conversation of maternal infant mortality. What are ways they can help support mom during her pregnancy? So I think fathers are left out. I think you're absolutely right. And I think fathers um, are a vital resource um, in protecting the health of moms and babies, um, particularly in communities of color. I think the first thing fathers can do is be aware of the fact that these disparities exist. Um, Be aware of the fact that um, if you are the father, of a a infant from a black mother or planning to have a a child that's uh, of color, that that the stakes are a little bit higher um, Mm -hmm. and that the risks are higher. So I think when you you understand that, I think that that changes the way that you approach things. Um, The number one thing that women can do to lessen their risk of a poor outcome is to get routine prenatal care. And so I think as a father, understanding that and making Mm -hmm. sure that 
that you are doing everything you can to support that mother in getting prenatal care, whether mm-hmm. that's visits to the doctor, you know, providing yep. transportation, accompanying her to the doctor mm-hmm. so that you can hear what's being said. Maybe it's watching other children in the household so she's mm-hmm. able to get to those visits. I think doing everything you can to um, support those prenatal visits are vital. I think we know that smoking um, is certainly um, has a negative impact on outcomes for babies. So encouraging moms to stop smoking um, and certainly if he smokes, making sure that he's doing um, everything he can to quit alongside of her um, is really important um, in providing that support for tobacco cessation. At the very least, if he's not ready to quit, um, trying to avoid smoking around her so that she is mm-hmm. not exposed to secondhand smoke and certainly not exposing the baby to secondhand smoke, I think is very important. We know that breastfeeding um, provides the ideal nutrition for babies and really can decrease the chances of infant mortality. Unfortunately, statistics show that Black women are much less likely um, to breastfeed. So again, doing what they can to encourage breastfeeding and to facilitate breastfeeding. So Mm -hmm. maybe again, that is um, helping to entertain the other children in the household while the mom is nursing, um, being again uh, a supportive being in the house and Mm -hmm. doing what they can to understand the importance of breastfeeding and um, facilitating that I think is, is really important. And then the last thing I would say is safe sleep is really critical in reducing the risk for sudden infant death syndrome. So understanding how to put the baby to bed properly on its back alone in a crib on the heart surface Mm -hmm. um, is really um, vital. So I think that dad's understanding safe sleep and practicing safe sleep um, is really going to help improve um, outcomes for infants. That's great. So dad's basically coming along the side and being a supportive partner or parent um, for mom, you know, as she goes through her pregnancy and after um, and just being there and, you know, taking care of some of the roles and responsibilities within the household as well, too. Absolutely. Yes. And so the last question is, where do you see CareSource headed in the coming years to address the disparities seen in maternal mortality across the state? So CareSource, it will continue to push this effort. Um, I think one of the things that we're doing right now that's really vitally important is putting systems in place to collect race, ethnicity, and preferred language, as well as sexual orientation and gender identity on all of our members. So the the key to understanding where disparities lie is first having that information and being able to analyze that information Mm -hmm. to really understand the demographic makeup of our population. And once we understand that makeup, we can do analysis to see where the needs are, to see um, what those differences are amongst populations, including Black women and Latino women and other women of color, um, and where the opportunity lies, lies to improve those health outcomes. We also 
are going to continue to identify community-based organizations who are doing great work in this area mm -hmm. and building those inroads and those collaborations. So mm -hmm. um, as you outlined earlier, IMHC is doing great work. We certainly don't want to duplicate any efforts. So we are going to be looking for opportunities to partner with you and other organizations so that we can do this work together. Mm -hmm. um, so really um, collaborating in the community, um, embedding ourselves in the community so that we can meet the needs of this population. We will continue to make financial investments in community-based organizations and in efforts like housing, which we know um, can be a critical need for all women, but particularly moms of color. Mm -hmm. And if we can help provide safe, stable housing, we have evidence both internally and externally that that really improves outcomes for moms and babies. So we are currently looking at opportunities to replicate um, a very successful effort that we had in um, in Ohio called Healthy okay. Beginnings at Home, where okay. we provided supportive housing for mothers and we were able to show um, improved health outcomes. So we are looking at replicating that effort in Marion County and we are engaging with partners in order to do so. So we will continue to um, push the envelope. Um, we will continue to find culturally relevant um, advocates and resources for our members. Um, we will continue to listen to our members and understand what the needs are and what the motivations are from their perspective and then mm -hmm. meet those needs. So I'm, exo I'm excited to do this yes. work um, and, and thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to speak of this a bit today. Thank you. Um, and I love the financial investment piece um, and supportive housing. That is definitely needed when you look at the social determinants of health and all that can cause, and it can be a storm brewing um, that can just, you know, in an explosion. Um, so I love that. And I love the piece. Um, and we are always open and welcome to partnering um, with you all here at IMHC. Um, so partnership with CareSource, between CareSource and IMHC. Um, so our, for our listeners who want to learn more about CareSource, you can do that at caresource.com or you can call at 1-844-607-2829. And Dr. Wright, thank you so much for joining me today to have this important conversation around um, maternal health. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity to chat today. You are welcome. And if you are interested in learning more about who CareSource is, we previously recorded a segment that provides an overview of who CareSource is and what they do. We encourage you to go back and take a listen to learn more. Thank you for joining us for this episode on Black Maternal Health. Thanks for joining us. You can stay in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and also our website at www.imhc.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and also our YouTube channel. This is IMHC Minority Health Matters Podcast. Until next time.